Once You Know, You Know, a podcast for busy women to level up their health and fitness so that they can get off the diet merry-go-round for good. This is real lessons from real women and industry professionals on how you can improve your health and fitness habits and discover just how incredible your body is and is designed to feel. I'm Lindsay Parkinson and I'll be your host. Let's get stuck into the episode. Welcome back to Once You Know, You Know. And in today's episode, I'm going to be tackling a question that I got asked in Free Coach Friday a couple of weeks ago. Now, if you don't know what Free Coach Friday is, it is something that I do on my socials each and every week where I invite you to ask me any questions you like around mindset, fitness, and food, and I'll do my very best to answer them for you. And don't be shy because a lot of people think, oh, I shouldn't ask the question, but chances are someone else is wanting to ask it as well. So you're probably doing them a favor by hitting me up first. So the question that I got asked was, I want to lose some weight. Is it more important for me to focus on diet or exercise? Now, of course, this answer is going to be a little bit more complex than just move more and eat less, which is what a lot of things get pushed around on socials. You just got to move more and eat less. So people often think that they just have to exercise more. But before I dive into what I want you to know and get out of this episode, I am such a stickler around language. Now, it might sound insignificant, but the language that we use is often directly related to how we have been previously conditioned or the way that we've been marketed to. So when a woman jumps onto my program or wants me to be their coach, they'll fill out a form and often it will say, look, I want to lose five to 10 kilos. I want to look lean and toned by this date for this reason, feel more comfortable and confident in my clothes. Now, When I read this, often it just shouts to me that like, oh, we've been so marketed to and we've been, no one has really educated us around weight loss. Because when it comes to weight loss, it's actually a pretty broad term. When you weigh yourself on the scale and the number is going up and down, that is a reflection of your total body weight. It's not just a reflection of how much fat you're putting on or off within, you know, a certain period of time. And it can be really frightening for some people. They'll jump on the scales almost every single day. I've had clients that do this and they'll jump on the scales. One day they will be, you know, whatever, 75 kilos. The next day they'll be 75.5. And they'll be like, how on earth did I put on 500 grams overnight? number of reasons, so many reasons. And we have absolutely no idea because that is just one data point. It could be because you haven't done a poo yet. You could have half a bladder full of urine. You could have eaten some carbohydrates and you're holding on to a little bit more water because my friend, when we eat carbohydrates, they hydrate us. They help us hold on to water. That's why hydrate is in the second part of the word. But a lot of people don't know this. And when they're looking at their number, they specifically think it relates to just how much fat they're putting on or off their body. So when they lose weight, equally the same, they think, oh, it's okay. I must have lost, you know, a kilo of body fat. Might not necessarily be the case. Part of that could have been water. Part of that could have been muscle mass, depending on whether or not you're training. Part of that could have been fat loss. So when it comes to being really specific around the language, the reason I do this is because I want it to sit in your subconscious that there is a difference between weight loss and fat loss. So majority of the women that I work with, they're looking for fat loss and a change in their body composition. Now, when they give me a specific number, what I really love educating them on throughout the course of the program is that there's multiple ways someone can weigh 69 kilos and have very, very different body compositions. Okay. So just because the number on the scale isn't moving doesn't mean that you're not changing your body composition, but you will not know if you don't collect other data points, which is why the two top things I get my clients to do when we're tracking progress is that we do measurements and we do progress photos. Weighing yourself is completely optional on my programs and really is determined by whether or not you have a healthy relationship with the scale. The scale can give us some really good insights as to what our body does over a monthly cycle or you know over the course of our period. I think that data is really, really interesting. 
and also helps teach people that, okay, yeah, around after you ovulate to when you get your period, often people are weighing in heavier because they are often carrying more water. It's due to the different changes in hormones. So understanding and knowing that can actually be a really big benefit to knowing when and how the scale can work for you. But if it is the only data point that you are taking and you are on a health program and the number is not moving, it can be really difficult for you to see the changes in your body composition because a lot of the times we will narrow in and focus in on the things or areas that we feel like are problematic for us. And it won't matter if you have, you know, lost centimeters, say on your upper back or your thighs. If you are obsessed with wanting to get rid of your love handles, that is all you will see. So it's really important to make sure that you are collecting more than just weight data because as we know it can fluctuate and it's not definitely representative of how the body composition is changing so for example somebody who weighs say 69 kilos and has a body fat percentage of 12 to 14 and quite a high muscle mass is going to look entirely different to somebody who weighs 69 kilos with not a lot of muscle and maybe a higher body fat percentage so when somebody talks about wanting to look lean and toned quite often what they're actually referring to is that they would like to look defined they'd like to see some definite definition within their muscles. We all have muscles on our body. Whether or not we can see them is largely dependent on our body fat composition. So looking leaned and toned is a little bit of a marketing term. It is thrown around heavily in the Pilates area and Pilates circles, especially in the United States. I recently came across this video and, oh God, it drove me mad. I was so mad that the clip that they had taken was of this lady who taught Pilates in the States. And there are so many benefits to Pilates. I'm a Pilates instructor. I absolutely love it. I, you know, I'm not going to say it's not good for, you know, strength and resistance training. It's amazing for posture and flexibility. It does so many wonderful things to the body. But the concept that this lady was talking about was that she can spot Pilates arms for a mile away. You know, whether you're Kendall Jenner or Hayley Bieber, I can always tell when they're doing Pilates. And the way that it was marketed was that if somebody that didn't have a lot of education around what Pilates does for the body or how to change their body composition, they'd be like, bang, I'm going to go and do Pilates. I know this because I was that person. I thought, that one of the reasons I should do yoga was to get a yoga body so that I could look flexible. That was genuinely one of the reasons why I started yoga. Thank goodness that I thought that because yoga gave me so much more than had nothing to do with my body composition in the end. It's so, it's an amazing practice for the mind and also therefore then the body, but it's not around changing your body composition actually was one of the practices that got me disconnecting from, I am not my body. And that is not a reflection of who I am as a person. And I think that's really, really important. So that's why I do infuse a lot of that through my coaching when I work with you on the program. But when we're talking about, you know, looking, say, lean and toned, what we really are referring to is we want to look defined because you strengthen a muscle, uh, you grow it, but you don't make it lean and toned through the practice of exercise. So when we are talking about this person's specific question, I'm going to rephrase it and be like, if my aim is fat loss, what is more important, diet and exercise? Now, of course, it's not just as simple as picking one or the other or eat less, move more, because that's just really, really oversimplifying it because there's a lot of different parameters. Now, when I talk about health, I like to think of it as it's a little bit broader than just like your, you know, mental and physical fitness. Okay. So it's also your social and emotional health. So there are lots of different areas that we need to cover. So if you heavily only focus on one thing, whether that be, okay, I'm just going to eat in a calorie deficit because I want to change my body 
decomposition, you may not be investing or filling up other areas of your health because you might be missing out on things socially and that might not be good for your mental health. You might not be able to train very well because, and that's going to be a detriment to your physical health. So of course, best case scenario, we always want to marry a few of these things together. You know, we want to make sure that we have a balanced diet in conjunction with some exercise, because as we know, exercise is really great for the physical body, but also for us mentally. It's also great for us socially. If we enjoy doing some kind of exercise that is around other people and emotionally, it can give us a really good sense of who we are and self-confidence when we're learning new skills. So both of those two things together are going to be like your optimal, your premium. But, but for the sake of the question, if I could only pick one for whatever reason, hands down every day of the week, I would pick diet over exercise to change my body fat composition all day, every day. Now, why is this? Because it is much easier to create a calorie deficit by changing the energy that you're putting into your body than trying to increase your output with exercise and then not changing what you eat. Now, this is where a lot of people may start is they'll go, okay, well, I'm really uncomfortable in my body. I decide I'm going to go and do a new exercise program. That's where it's at because I really want to change my body composition and I really want to get fit. So they go hardcore into the exercise side of things. Now, If they don't change what they're eating, they could possibly put themselves into a calorie deficit because they're still eating the same, which say for the sake of this argument was maintenance, but they have increased their output and maybe they are building a little bit of muscle and muscle requires more energy. So they could essentially be putting themselves in a deficit that way. But what tends to happen when people start to exercise or train very hard is that they get hungrier. And when we get hungrier, we want to eat more food. Now, because we've done maybe a really, really big training session, we will say to ourselves, well, I could definitely eat more food because I've done that really hard training session. So they increase their calorie intake as well as increasing their output. And all of a sudden they end up in some kind of maintenance. Now, if they were to weigh themselves and that's the only data point that they are focusing on and they're putting on some muscle chances are the number on the scale is going to grow up and that can really freak people out if they have no other data to go off. But say that person had eaten the same as what they were before, increased their energy output and they were gaining muscle and they looked at the scale and the scale was going up, but they were also doing their measurements and the measurements were going down. They are, chances are, higher that they're going to be changing their body composition by decreasing body fat and potentially increasing muscle. Now that is your win-win. However, what a lot of people should do is focus on changing their calorie deficit in conjunction with their training. But if they can't, it's much easier to get a calorie deficit by changing what you're eating. Now, that doesn't mean go, okay, well, I'm just going to hardcore go 1200 calories and that's absolutely nothing. Because if you don't understand where to get your energy from, 1200 calories can feel like absolute zip all. Now, what a lot of people will do in that instance when they don't have the right education is that they'll go, okay, well, I'm just going to eat all the low calorie foods. And of course, that often means things like, and I don't have a vendetta against rice cakes, guys, but a lot of people eat these because they think they're low calorie or they're like a better alternative to bread. But I guarantee you, if you learn what your energy requirements are, you can eat bread and still lose weight. It's absolutely possible. So people will go to really low quality, low calorie foods in order to stay in this deficit, but then feel absolutely terrible because they're not getting enough of their macro or micronutrients because they don't know how to meet them. They're just staying in their calorie deficit. So you end up feeling tired. Your body is so clever and so complex that it knows when you're eating in a calorie deficit and it will inadvertently offer and try and make you move less to conserve energy. So in the later afternoon, 
period, you may end up feeling like you've got absolutely no energy. You want to go to sleep, feeling really lethargic, can't stay awake. Most people will then go, well, stay in my calorie deficit, just get a coffee, which will then affect their sleep because they're having it so much later in the day, but at least they're in their calorie deficit. And all in all, you're just not really a thriving human. So what's really, really important is to understand that if you are going to eat in a calorie deficit, don't make it really severe, make it really moderate. So once you know what your energy requirements are, shave off just like 15 or 20% of what your requirements are and then try and move more than what you are. Then all of a sudden you're creating a little bit of a deficit in both ways. So if you had to focus on one more than the other, definitely I would go diet of exercise. But of course, I'm not going to recommend that you don't exercise because there are an abundance of benefits of doing that. But I would say go moderate on both. Don't go all in all hard on both ends because as we know, it doesn't always work out that well. If you're super restrictive in your diet, eventually, usually that is for a specific point in time. Once you reach a certain event or once you reach that certain like extrinsic goal that you set yourself, chances are you're going to go back to your old behavior habits and you're just going to be like, yeah, it's okay because I got what I needed. Oh, there goes that wedding, doesn't matter. And you just go back to eating whatever you want, then the weight goes back on and you're on the diet merry-go-round feeling really, really frustrated with yourself. Like, oh, why couldn't I stick to that? Because it was 1200 calories. It was really, really low and it made you feel like crap. But then on the other hand, if you decide to go all in on your exercise and you jump in to say like, let's go, I'm going to do F45 and do the most intense class and I haven't trained for two years. And then all of a sudden you can't walk for five days. You're in a serious amount of discomfort. So going back into that environment seems really, really hard. So you're better off going moderate at both. Work your way up to like where you need to be. And eventually if you get your training program right, if you get that formula right with both food and exercise, you're going to skyrocket your results. You're going to get to that like point way quicker than what you would if you only focused on one or the other. And chances you then will be able to fill up all those other areas of your health. Okay. So you'll be working on social, emotional, mental, and physical health without feeling like you're detracting too much from one or the other. Because if you put yourself on that really low calorie diet, chance are you saying no to all the outings with your friends. You're like, no, I can't do that. Oh, I'm on a diet. Can't have that. Oh, I've got to do this. Can't, you know, all of these different like reasons come in. And then that detracts from other areas of your health. So it's about like establishing like a really good balance across the board. So when it comes to creating a successful fat loss plan, one of the things can be really helpful is understanding the different roles that both diet and exercise can play in changing your body composition. So when we're talking about diet, you want to try and consume less energy than you are burning. Okay. That's going to create what we call a calorie deficit. Now, a lot of people will think about this as just eating low calorie, but that doesn't mean eating just low calorie foods. Now picture this, this is an analogy that's often used within like the health and fitness realm is that a Imagine that you only ever got to purchase one car in your life. So think of the most expensive vehicle that you would like to be driving. Now, chances are if you had to work really, really hard to obtain the money to buy that car, that when you got it, it was going to be quite valuable to you. You'd really, really understand the value because you knew how much hard work it took you to get there. So when it ran out of fuel, chances are when you pull up to the petrol station, you are not putting in the cheap, weird E10 ethanol petrol, you're probably going to put in the most premium petrol that you can afford. One, because you value the car because you worked really hard for it. Two, you understand that by putting in a better quality of fuel, you're probably going to get more kilometers out of the tank. You're going to go a little bit further and not stopping to have to refuel all the time is really convenient. Third, you understand that it is probably going to be less taxing on the engine and probably maintain the internal part of the car for a longer, which means less servicing. And that is always a good thing because spending money on car services feels like dead money. So your body is a little bit the same. If you put in low quality, low nutrient dense food, 
of course, I'm going to say rice cakes. But if you were to eat something like rice cakes, for that 200 calories versus the 200 calories you might get from, say, like two pieces of fruit are very, very different. Two pieces of fruit are probably more likely to make you fuller for longer. They're going to give you a good dose of fiber. There's lots of vitamins and minerals. They're going to be far more beneficial to your body. They're a little bit more premium than, say, like, the dead rice cake that can sit on the shelf for like 55 years. If you really love rice cakes, got no problems with you including them. I just really feel like a lot of people only eat them because they're low calorie and they definitely taste like air. There's just not a lot going on. They don't fill you up. So there's a difference in the nutrient quality and nutrient density when you are trying to eat in a calorie deficit because you don't want to feel like you have no energy. But if you've got no understanding of how to make up whatever your calorie deficit is, chances are you might be missing both your macro and micronutrients. Now, macronutrients are the ones that most of us have heard of. They're your carbohydrates, proteins, and fats. Now, they're essential for all of the bodily functions that go on. They're also really helpful in managing hunger, preserving muscle mass, and providing you energy that you might need for your daily activities or essentially your training. Now, if you're too low in your calories and you're not eating good quality, beautiful, energy-dense like food with vitamins, minerals, and fiber and all that kind of stuff, you're probably not going to train as effectively because you just don't have the right amounts of energy. Probably going to need to stop and refuel a little bit more, just like that E10 petrol, right? Because, and chances are, whatever you're feeding isn't going to be doing the internal system all that good. So you may need to take the body in for a little bit more of a servicing more frequently. Inconvenient. No one likes to feel sick. No one likes to feel unenergetic or lethargic. We want to make sure that we are thriving And it is very possible to be in a calorie deficit and eat a larger volume of food than what you think when you understand where to get your energy from. So that's the diet component and that's what role it plays in a successful fat loss plan is you want to make sure that you in a slight deficit, nothing too major so that you don't feel restricted. You want to understand your energy balance. You want to understand how to hit your macro and micronutrients. And you also want to go for a volume of nutrient dense food that potentially could be low calorie for a number of reasons. One of them being that it will probably keep you in a calorie deficit without you feeling like you're eating small amounts of food. Now, when we're talking about exercise, we are going to be talking about like calorie expenditure. So exercise helps increase your daily energy expenditure by burning calories. Now, this can contribute to creating a calorie deficit and works twofold if you have a calorie deficit on your diet side of things. So important to get the you know, the balance right there. But exercise also helps with muscle building, muscle preservation. So incorporating strength training exercise can help build and create muscle and muscle burns more calories at rest than body fat. So having more muscle mass can actually effectively increase your metabolism. So when you are more efficient at burning calories and when you've got more muscle, you require more energy to preserve the muscle that you have, which is why you might follow, and I think that I spoke about this in one of my earlier podcasts, you might see, actually it was last week, you might see the influencer or influencer that can eat what seems like a very large calorie dense day of food and wonder how they're doing that. But when you check their body composition, looks like they've got a lot of muscle mass and they're actually going to require that amount of energy to preserve it. Okay. So exercise also has a number of other health benefits, including like that are way beyond fat loss. Like they include like improved cardiovascular health, endurance, mood, increased physical fitness. So there are a reason why you want to do both of them. So ultimately, like for fat loss, diet is probably considered more critical than exercise, in my opinion, especially in the initial stages. However, you do want to make sure that you are getting a combination of both so that you can fully encompass what it is to be healthy across the board. Okay. So that way you're going to be choosing things that complement 
you know, how you want to feel overall. And I guarantee you that when you make an investment into multiple areas of your health, whether it's social, emotional, physical, mental, you are going to feel like you can achieve a whole lot more in other areas of your life. That's often what I find when women come on the program. It's that they find this new found confidence because they understand the skill that's required for managing their weight. One they didn't have before. They've found that food freedom. They're feeling really good about their choices and action breeds motivation. So then when they encounter another, maybe more like stressful situation or something they didn't necessarily know how to do before, they've got this newfound confidence. because, like, Hey, you know what? I finally cracked the code to my fat loss journey. I actually found that really difficult for a number of years, but now I know how to do that. When I encounter something else that's difficult in my life, I know that I can probably figure it out. I know that I just have to find the right formula. So instead of thinking, oh, I'll shy away from that or I'll run away from that task, we actually feel more confident to step up to the plate and undertake it. I see it all the time. I've had so many women who do my program that end up changing careers. They end up starting their own businesses. Sometimes they end up going on to become nutrition coaches themselves. And I absolutely love that because anyone that fulfills their own potential and that really feels like they are fulfilling their purpose and helping other people, that's always a good positive energy exchange in my books. And anyone that goes on from my program to want to become a nutrition coach or a PT, I absolutely love that because the more people that can spread the word in getting rid of this diet culture and the way that we've been marketed to and the way that we've been previously conditioned, the better because we want to change this for the next generation. I would hate to think that if they are promoting what might be coming back from the early 2000s and late noughties in terms of, you know, body composition and shape, I would hate to think of another generation going through that. It should always be about a positive energy exchange and paying things forward. So that's why this information is just so crucial in understanding because once you know, my friend, you know, and you can't unknow this stuff. So once you're like, oh, okay, all right, diet is a lot more important than, than what I realize. Oh, I shouldn't just be following those influencers because they've got different composition and different goals to me. All of these things make a really big difference into you changing your behaviors long term. So what are my like top things that I would get my clients to focus on when it comes to fat loss? Now, of course, diet and exercise are going to be in there because that's what we've been speaking about. But you know what my number one on top of both of these two things is? sleep. Okay. And that might surprise a lot of people, but when a new mum or a busy woman comes onto my program, but particularly new mums and they really want to push themselves to get up and do a workout, but they have had a horrendous night's sleep with the kids. My advice would be don't do that. Depleting your body even further with a training session that probably is going to be a little bit lackluster because you've got absolutely zero energy is not going to be the right thing to do when it comes to working on your overall health. It certainly also won't make you make better food choices. You're probably going to feel like you are just so depleted. And when we're tired and hungry and exhausted, we're more likely to reach for comfort food because we're feeling like we are in a state of discomfort. So sleep plays a significant role in your fat loss and in your overall health. Okay. So several mechanisms are involved between the relationship between sleep and fat loss. One of the things that happens is that sleep has a profound impact on hormonal regulation. So lack of sleep can disrupt the balance of hormones that control both hunger and appetite, right? It's two key hormones that are affected by sleep. Uh, one is ghrelin, which is your hunger hormone, or it's known as a hunger hormone. And ghrelin levels increase with insufficient sleep, leading to increased appetite and potentially food cravings. Now, then on the other hand, we've got leptin. Now this hormone usually signals fullness and 
satiety, decreases with inadequate sleep, making it harder to control your food intake. So I would prefer my mums or any busy woman that's not had a very good quality sleep, not get up and train, but have a bit of a slow morning, maybe do something like a meditation and then use the time that they might have allocated to training to setting up a day of successful nutrient dense, beautiful whole foods that are going to help restore some kind of balance to their body rather than deplete it further with a workout. So another thing that sleep also does, it's essential for maintaining your metabolic rate and inadequate sleep can lead to reduced insulin sensitivity, which can result in the body storing more fat. Now, particularly that would happen in the abdominal area. Now, I know that whatever season of life that you're in, if you are raising children or maybe you're going through a really stressful time at work it's not always easy just be like yes I'm gonna go and get eight hours of sleep it's not actually possible so focusing on what you can control like getting as much quality sleep as possible to support your energy levels but then coupling that with a really nice balanced whole food diet that's going to give you more energy than say deplete you further is going to get you a lot further in terms of long-term fat loss change than just going hardcore on the exercise and then not having time to create those nutrient dense meals. So to recap on this episode, my beautiful friend, you really do want to find a really nice combination of both a balanced diet and exercise program in order to maintain a successful long-term fat loss program. And if you want to think of things in the order of priority, please try and prioritize your sleep as your number one and then food and water on the next level. And then training should always be the cherry on top. That is the way I get my clients to focus. And I never want them to feel any guilt over food that they've eaten or exercise that they may have missed because in the scheme of things, you know, one missed workout or, you know, one meal doesn't throw all of your progress off. And when you know how to balance your own energy requirements, you know how to quickly get back on track depending on what you're trying to achieve. So hopefully you found this episode helpful, my friends. If you did, please leave a comment or a like or a download because it does let me know what content to create more of. And I look forward to bringing you some interviews in the coming weeks of some really, really amazing and inspiring women. And I just know that their stories will have a beautiful, positive impact on you just the way that this podcast has. All right, my friends, until next time.